0: This is the Indie Drills Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Wilson. I'm also the owner of All Eyes DB Camp and author of 101 DB Tips. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about any and everything having to do with defensive back play. From technique to current events, we'll cover it all just like the guys in the back half blanket the wide receivers. I have over 20 years playing and coaching and training in this game, and I'm ready to use all of that experience to bring you the best experience in the Indie Drills Podcast. So let's go. Listeners, if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, pick up your copy of the 101 DB Tips eBook. It's the ultimate reference guide for defensive back play. If you're a player, a coach, or a trainer of defensive backs, then this is something you absolutely have to have in your library. I discuss everything in this book from playing man-to-man coverage, to zone coverage, to how to train, to how to improve your footwork, your eye discipline, and body control. Literally everything pertaining to defensive back is covered in this book. Over 20 years of playing, coaching, and training defensive backs has gone into the making of this ebook, and I'm proud to say that it has helped players and coaches from the Little Leagues all the way to the college level. Make a point to check this book out now. If you're serious about being the best at what you do, make that purchase. You can find the book by going to 101dbtips.com. That's 101dbtips.com. You're listening to the Indie Drills podcast with your host Chad Wilson. It's a DB podcast. Let's just jump right into things. This is going to be a shorter show this week. A lot of stuff going on. We're kicking off the college football season. High school football season has kicked off. For you high school football players and coaches listening to me out there. I hope your season is off to a healthy and fast start and things are going the way that you want them to go. If not, there's a you know it's a long season ahead plenty of time to turn things around and so i hope you uh, have the ability to do that and that you're moving along in that direction all right what are we jumping into today in terms of current events the we just passed the nfl cutdown day and you know there's always a lot of defensive backs on the list always feel bad when this kind of stuff happens but it's very much a part of this game It's very difficult for defensive backs out there, and oftentimes, you know, a lot of names on the list are the defensive backs, and while DBs are, you know, a big part of any roster simply because of the ability of defensive backs to play on special teams, it can sometimes become difficult to understand a, your role on the team, and B, what's going to get you to stick on the roster if you're not one of the starting guys. And so, really, it just breaks down like this. Um, if you're not a starter or a key sub in one of the packages, and by packages, I mean when you're bringing in a nickel, a dime, you know, even a quarter defense where you, you know, start having six and seven DBs on the field. If you're not a major contributor in that, if you're not a starter in one of those packages, then not only do you need to be a special teams player, you need to be unique on special teams. You need to either A, B, do something on special teams that really no one else can, especially no one on your team can. So, you know, for instance, be one of those gunners that just has a knack for getting down there and beating the the vice, uh, the double teams that you get or beating the guys one-on-one and having enough speed to get down there and make that tackle and not allow long punt returns or um, you are on so many special teams that it just becomes very difficult to replace you because you know that's that's those are the kind of decisions that get made down on that final cut day and it's it's you know what I will say this special teams coaches are the low man on the coaching staff totem pole, but boy, do they hold a tremendous amount of power when it comes down to that last cut. I mean, it literally, for defensive backs, comes down to what that special teams coach thinks. And I'm saying this to also hit up to my younger players. I know you, you know, some of you guys are starters on your high school football team, and so they don't require you, they don't ask of you to play special teams. And I would say to you, Make an effort to insert yourself in that area. You got to learn how to play special teams because you just never know what's going to happen to you down the road. So you guys that are in college um in, in high school and you're a key starter, maybe you're the big man on campus, you're the big guy on that team and you have used that or the staff has thought, well, you know, we don't need to put them on special teams. I would say if you want to push back on something on your team, if you want to, you know, assert yourself on something, it would be to insert yourself into that special teams lineup. You know, I understand that, you know, coaches may want to use backups there. It's a good chance to get backups into the game and get them a little bit of game action, get them used to being in a game so that they can, you know, not be totally green in the event that they have to get into the game. But I would say to you, pick or choose a spot, one or two where you say, Coach, I really would like to be here. I'd really like to run down on a kickoff, or I would like to be involved in special teams here because at some point down the road, you may, you making a team might come down to your contribution on special teams. Just a little uh, note for guys out there. All right, we had some college football last night, Thursday night football game. The one I was watching in particular was Florida traveling to Utah to take on the Utes. And first play of the game for Utah, uh, Florida got the ball first, three and out, wasn't able to do anything, punted a ball to Utah. And first play of the game, Utah goes up top, big bomb, looks like the Gators were in quarters coverage, didn't really analyze it, but just kind of looked like that's what they were in. And a big post, and when I say big post, you know what I mean. That is post that starts on or at the numbers on one side of the field and ends up on the hash of the other side of the field. And if you're a cornerback that's ever had to chase that kind of a play, you know what I mean. It's one of the more difficult routes to cover when you're essentially giving up inside leverage because you are, in some cases, supposed to have help from a safety on that. And a guy's inside of you breaks to the post and takes it all the way over to the other hash I don't care how fast you are. It's one of the hardest plays for you to cover as a cornerback, and that's exactly what happened on this play. Uh, cornerback for Florida, Jason Marshall has outside leverage, as you know you would sometimes on some teams in quarters coverage. A lot, you know teams play their quarters coverage in different ways, so he had outside leverage on the wide receiver off of the play action. The inside help from the safety got lost, or at least he hesitated and ended up having to spin all the way back around, run towards the receiver, the safety I'm talking about. He's running towards the receiver with his back completely to the quarterback, has no idea where the ball is. So he's not really the kind of help that you're going to need on a post play like that. And um, sure enough, ball drops in there. Safety doesn't know where the ball is. He ends up cutting the cornerback's legs out from under him and the wide receiver Goes untouched into the end zone. So, just a little note here for cornerbacks in this situation. You, first of all, you're on the road in a televised game, you're opening up the season, you just have the sense that it is a big time football game. My advice to you is this be Larry for that type of play on the first play of the game. First of all, you know that you're in some kind of quarters coverage. Uh, That's a You know, a big indicator. Uh, It is a big opportunity for a team to go up top on a post route. We know that. We know that that is, as a cornerback, the most feared route for us, the most problematic route for us in that coverage because you may or may not get that help on the inside. Sometimes, guys, your safety jumps a dig route um, or he's supposed to take a dig route. So he, you know, I don't want to say jumped, He would actually be in his right to to take that dig route. Or, you know, their eyes get trapped in the backfield, as you know, what happened in this particular situation, and you get that big post route. It's a big game. It's the first play of the game. You get play action. My advice to you on this is when you get that, you get that play action, you get run action. Start breaking for that post. Start getting out of there. Now your your job in quarters coverage is to protect the seven, eight, and nine route. So you know my advice to you is if there's if there's a time in the game where you're going to bail up out of there, that would be it. You get play action on that first play. It's man nine times out of ten guys. It's not for a deep comeback. It's not for a deep curl route. It is indeed. For that big post, especially off of the play action in a you know a quarter roll uh, by the quarterback, they're looking to go deep. This is a time for you to bail out, get up out of there, and you know what? If it is a deep comeback, if it is a deep curl, bravo. You guys got yourself 15, 18 yards, whatever. Come up, make the tackle, we'll line back up, and we'll settle things down. Don't put yourself in that situation and be giving up that kind of play on the first play of the game and have the crowd going absolutely nuts and give that home team a tremendous amount of momentum right out of the gate. So that would just be my advice to anyone who finds themselves in that situation going forward. You know, I'm sure the cornerback and the secondary for Florida knows that now, but that's, you know, the game's gone already. You start off the season 0 oh, and 1, and I'm not saying that's the reason that they lost. But this is a DB podcast, so I'm strictly looking at what's going on in the secondary, uh, you know, or that's what I'm commenting on when I'm talking about it here. So, you know, once again, you find yourself in that type of situation. That play action is for the big, bo- is for that big bomb, man. They're not really looking for a 15 yard play on that. They they want 70 yards. They want 80 yards. Go ahead and bail up out of there. Protect yourself against those three routes that are you know what quarters is for seven eight and nine and for those of you out there that are new to the position new to football seven is the corner route eight is the big post and I'm just mentioning that and the you know the route that was run on this particular uh, play and in this game and then nine of course is a go ball protect yourself against those in that particular situation so hate to see that to start off the season but you know, it is and it, it is. I'm fired up for all of the college football that we are going to get on this Saturday. Speaking of defensive backs, man, the GOAT, Dion Sanders, is uh, Coach Prime now. i got to get used to calling him that on a regular basis. Coach Prime is going to take his Colorado Buffaloes into TCU. Let's see what he's going to do there. I think that's a very tough first game. You know, I know there's a lot of hype surrounding this. Um, never has a team off of a one eleven season received so much off season um, attention as Colorado has. I think that is by design. That is what Dion brings to the table. Uh, brings a lot of attention, brings a lot of pizzazz, a lot of marketing, and so that's a lot of eyeballs on a team that has, um, you know, a lot of work to do. You know, Dion has definitely gone about retooling the roster in a way that. No one has ever done before. I think there are 50 transfers from the transfer portal that are on this team now that are going to see action in this game. But you're on the road in Texas against TCU and say what you want about TCU. They lost their running back, lost their you know, their quarterback, lost uh, several key guys. This is still a very, very good football team with a really good coach that has been listening to all of the talk about Colorado all offseason. And come game time, on Saturday, they're going to be jacked up and ready to go. So, you know, I understand all of the hoopla and you know the good feeling in Colorado, in Boulder, for the Colorado Buffaloes. And I feel very confident that you know Deion Sanders will turn things around in Colorado. Might be a little bit tougher than maybe he expects, than other people expect, but. This is a very tough first game. It would have been nice to get a Colorado State first. Maybe not even Colorado State because that's a that's a bit of a rivalry there. But to get a Northern Arizona or something of that ilk out the gate would have been nice for him. But, hey, it's Coach Prime. People want to see it, so he's out there front and center big time. Uh, I guess that's the big noon matchup, I think, on Fox, if I'm not mistaken. So um, it's big time. They're right out the gate with it. Going to be very interesting to see how Coach Prime does with the guys. All right, I'm going to jump into my mailbag here. I got this question this week from uh, one of my Instagram followers. And if you guys are looking to follow me on Instagram, it's at @alleyesdb, uh, alleyesdbcamp on Instagram, at alleyesdbcamp. And shout out to all of my listeners on, um, on uh, not my listeners, but my followers on Twitter um, appreciate you guys. And if, uh, if, if you didn't come from Twitter, I'm going to tell you guys how you can follow me there. Simply head over to DB tips, one Oh one. All right. That's at DB tips, one Oh one. And you guys can follow me there on Twitter. And if you do have some questions about, you know, your gameplay, what's going on, uh, your coaches out there, oftentimes you have questions, feel free to DM them to me. Uh, on you know at twitter it's probably the best way to do it um so and that's uh, DB Tips 101 you guys can send me a message there or you can email me cwilson at all eyes dbcamp.com. that's also a great way to get your questions in whether you're a player coach etc and there's some things going on that you would like some clarification about or a question that i can answer and i might in fact use your question uh, on one of uh, my one of my podcasts So, you can get a a live answer on the podcast. And, you know, I enjoy doing that because oftentimes the questions that people ask, uh, a lot of people have that same question. And maybe they didn't ask it, they've been wondering about it. And so, you know, in answering it, I can help out more than just the person that asked the question. But I got this question this week, and it was uh, from Dontre in Virginia says his coach wants him to play man to man from five yards off. And uh, what is he supposed to do there? Well, I'll get questions like this from time to time. And listen, they're college they're, one of the great things about high school football and college coaches will tell you this is that they there are there's so many high schools out there, so many different regions, so many, you know, different areas that produce different things in terms of offensive football, in terms of what guys do defensively. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that college coaches will pick up from high schools, whether they care to admit it or not. As they go across the country recruiting and they watch practices and they watch games, they will see some unique things done because, like I said, there are so many high schools, so many different trains of thought out of high school coaches. And then a lot of times you just, as a high school coach, have to go with what your talent produces, what's in the area, what the weather allows for. There's so many factors involved and you get so many different things. You know, That's the same thing happening. In the NFL now, as they go to colleges and they see so many different things being done at colleges because there are more colleges than uh, NFL teams. So they're picking up things from the college coaches too. So with that said, there are a lot of, for lack of a better term, funny things that are done out there. And I'm not belittling any of this, but it is a common thought process in coaching defensive football Uh, defensive coordinators, defensive back coaches, that five yards off is no man's land if you're asking your cornerbacks in particular to play man-to-man. Unless they're playing some kind of catch technique, uh, if you're asking them to play man from five yards off, it's no man's land. You're too far away to really play press from five yards, and you're too close if you're playing off and asking a guy to pedal and you know keep his leverage, um, be able to defend routes from there—it's very difficult because within one or two steps, three steps, the wide receiver has broken the cushion, and it's going to put that defensive back into a bad position. He's going to open prematurely, and uh, it won't really help them on the deep ball. It opens them up prematurely, so they're exposed on short routes because now they're out of their pedal and they're turned one way or the other. It exposes their blind spot because wide receivers now have become very skilled in getting behind uh, a defensive back's back when they open up, especially when they do it too soon, early in the route, and then you know working their magic breaking off routes once they get behind a defensive back's back as he's open too soon. So I'm a little bit at a loss for why a coach would want you to play man-to-man from five yards off. That's not to say that it's wrong. It's not to say that I'm right. I am not there. I'm not at practice. I don't know the situation. I don't know the things they're doing on defense, trying to accomplish on defense. One clue that I did get in speaking with Dantre was that they also want him to be at five yards off when playing cover three. So I think what we have happening here is that the defensive coordinator, the defensive staff, wants every single coverage that they play to look exactly the same. So we're at five yards off in cover two. We're at five yards off in man-to-man coverages. And we are five yards off in cover three. They want to give away nothing pre-snap to the quarterback. And, you know, apparently they're willing to sacrifice technique and execution a little bit to achieve this goal. Maybe that works for them. Maybe it doesn't. However, I'm telling Dontre and anyone else that finds themselves in this position doing something that they may feel is wrong, feels a little funny, goes against something else that they may have been taught elsewhere or over a period of time. If that coach wants you at five yards off, then five yards off is what you're going to have to do. So here are a couple of things. If your coach is not in, if he's, first of all, if he's got you five yards off and he, they've not really hit home on what kind of technique you're supposed to use, then I would say now you have, some, you have some options available to you. And so you can kind of tweak what's happening there by, let's say, lining up at five yards, not trying your best not to give away anything pre-snap. Get a really good study of when that snap is imminent. And by that, I mean when that snap is about to come. And you can, right before that snap happens, move yourself in a bit of a a bail. And by bail, I mean a square bail, not opening your shoulders, just kind of creeping back to about six, seven yards with a couple of quick pedals, So at the snap of the ball, you're at seven yards, whether you're inside or outside technique and you're off man, uh, you just kind of try and creep yourself back to about six or seven yards. So now you're in a proper distance away from the wide receiver. This is done if and only your coach will allow you to do that. Because again, I think the big thing here is that they are not trying to give away anything pre-snap. So if this can happen right at the snap, you're not necessarily giving that quarterback anything. He still has to process it quick. The ball is coming uh, to him really fast, and he's got to process things quickly. Now, is that man, is that cover three, etc., etc.? et cetera. So you're not really giving things away. When you're down in the red zone, 20-yard line going in, you can stay at that five-yard distance, and now you're going to play catch technique. And if you're unfamiliar with catch technique, it'd be really difficult for me to try and explain that to you on a podcast in an audio way and not kind of give you any visual. If you want a visual on that, man, I can you know, tell you, join the All Eyes DB Camp members area. I've got a ton of information in that uh, on catch technique in there. It's something that I really, really like using, especially uh, in the slot with uh, safeties and nickelbacks. Not so much outside at corner. The only time I think that's effective for you and that, you know, you can keep yourself from getting completely destroyed is when you're down in the red zone. So if you're an All Eyes DB Camp member, head over to that information there. And if you want to join the All Eyes DB Camp members area, head to All eyesdbcamp.com forward slash sign dash up. Um, and if you go to the blog there, you know, you'll see information uh, if you go to allisdbcamp.com, you see information there or, you know, you'll see um, the areas to click, the links to click to, to get yourself more information there. But allisdbcamp.com forward slash sign dash up. Join the members area. I've got a ton of information there on catch technique as well as, uh, you know, a bunch of other things. Over 200 videos in there talking about all kinds of stuff in there. But you could go play catch technique if you're familiar with it. It really involves you holding your ground, locking your eyes on the wide receiver's hip, engaging the wide receiver at five yards so you're not backing out of there at all. It can be a little bit scary if you've never done it before because the receiver is coming off full speed and you're not going back, opening, or doing anything of that nature. You're keeping the door closed. You're keeping yourself square. You're keeping your eyes low, and you're going to engage that receiver, get a good jam on him, and then turn and run. You can do this in the red zone. Why? Because that end line is right there behind you, and you're not covering 50, 60 yards beyond your contact with that receiver. So you do have the end line as a safety for you. And so down in the red zone, if your coach wants you at five yards, you can play catch technique there. All right. Now, if he's playing if you're playing man to man out in the middle of the field and you're telling me that you guys are a high pressure team so you're playing zero coverage and you're really bringing the kitchen sink at the quarterback similar to, you know, something you've seen the Miami Dolphins do in um in in previous years, they have a new defensive coordinator now so they won't be playing that kind of football, but stuff you've seen the Dolphins do um where they do sit their guys at 5 or 6 yards and they just kind of squat on everything, knowing that the ball has to come out quick, then that's a that's a bit of a different story. You can play; it's not necessarily catch technique. You know, you're gonna kind of scooch out of there, and you're not giving up a ton of ground, but you are, you know, you're hanging around at five, six yards as the wide receiver comes off because you know that ball's got to come out quick because your team's bringing one extra rush man towards that quarterback. So if they're blocking with five, you guys are bringing six. If they're blocking with seven, you guys are bringing eight, whatever the case may be. And the ball has to come out. That's a different story. So I probably need a little bit more information, but I'm going over the potential scenarios here for you. But the bottom line is this. I know guys go to trainers in the off season and trainers have techniques and things of that nature that they you know would like to teach guys. I would say this to trainers out there. First of all, find out what is being taught to the guys that you are training at their high schools you don't want to run counter to what a coach is doing because you could spend a lot of time and effort teaching a kid something all off season and only to have it undone when he goes back to practice because the coach you know tells him listen this is how i want it done i don't care what your trainer or your uncle or your dad or anyone has told you you either do it this way or you're not playing And if that's the way that it is, then you know what? You train the kid all season to be on the sidelines and not playing in the game. So ultimately, you've got to do what that coach is telling you to do, what that coach is asking you to do if you're going to be on the field and display any of the talent uh, that you have acquired in the offseason. So it is in your best interest as a player to do what it is the coach is telling you to do. And if it's something that's a little bit off, From the norm as you know we find ourselves having in this situation then you know these are some of the options that you can use and you know kind of work that way outside of that if there are veteran players on the team or a a guy or two on the team in particular that is playing the technique the way that the coach wants it and they're having success with it then you know what spend some time studying them and watching what it is that they are doing to accomplish it, to execute the technique and the task that the coach is talking about, right? And I know at this, some at the younger ages, you have an ego. And so, you know, you don't necessarily want to follow someone else because, oh, if I follow someone else, that means they're better than me. No, that's not what it is. Maybe they're just better than you at this one technique and it would serve you best to watch what it is that they're doing, figure out how they are accomplishing it and duplicating it. Maybe you have the better athletic and physical skills to do what they're doing and do it better than them. But if you're seeing someone having success, it is not for you to go and get angry about it. It's not for you to hate on them. It's to see what it is that they are doing and incorporate it into what you are doing because ultimately you want to be on the field, A, and B, you want to perform for your team so that you can have team success. And within that team success, you will find the individual success that you know, perhaps you are looking for. But your your first objective here is to be able to help the team by executing the technique. So Dontre from Virginia, I hope that answers your question. If there are follow-ups to this, if there's more information, Dontre, that you want to relay to me or anyone that might also find themselves in this situation or if there are any coaches or players out there that find themselves in a similar situation where your coach wants you to play man-to-man from five yards off, uh, again, you guys can email me, cwilson at eyesdbcamp.com. I'd be more than happy to um, talk back and forth with you and talk through this thing and see how we can get you in a position to be very effective this season and win because that's what we're trying to do here. All right, let's move on to the main topic here, and that is how to cover speedy wide receivers. Now, I don't know what guys fear more, whether it's the big wide receiver or it's a it's the super speedy wide receiver. I guess that would really boil down to what your skill set is. you know, a fast cornerback is I guess not going to be too afraid of a fast wide receiver or a big cornerback. It's not going to be too afraid of a big cornerback. but if you're just a guy of uh, average size and average speed, you're a 510, 511 cornerback uh, with four5 speed. You know, a four-three, four-two guy is going to cause you some anxiety. A six-three, six-foot-four wide receiver is going to cause you some anxiety. You got to go back though a couple of podcast episodes where I talked about covering big wide receivers. Some very helpful tidbits there. I'm going to do the same here today with uh, covering fast wide receivers. All right covering fast wide receivers. So before I jump into that, though, into today's main topic, I am indeed giving away a copy of my book, 101 DB Tips, all right? But let me be full disclosure on this. I received my initial copies of the printed book. And and by the way, I'm giving away soft cover edition of my book, um, 101 DB Tips. And so I received my initial um, delivery of the books and they did have a printing error and the printing error was one of the tips was repeated so what you are actually getting and again you're you're winning a free book what you're actually getting are 100 db tips so i do need to disclose that it's a 100 db tips because one is repeated um, other than that everything else is just fine just as the original the main intended books are um, you're just getting Um, A tip repeated, so I just want to be full disclosure on that. But again, you have the opportunity by listening to this podcast and getting to this point of the podcast to get a free copy of the soft cover edition of 101 DB Tips, which is actually 100 DB Tips because, again, that uh, one of the tips are repeated in the book. Here's how you do that. You are going to, first of all, follow me on Twitter, so that's dbtips101. That's the first thing that you need to do. Follow me on Twitter there. The second thing you're going to do is send me an email with this key phrase. The key phrase is Speedy, S-P-E-E-D-Y. Send Speedy in the subject line. I'm going to send that word to me via email. And again, that's Wilson at eyesdbcamp.com. Then the final thing you're going to do is subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google Podcasts, however you found this show, you're going to subscribe to me there. All right, so let's run through the steps again. First of all, you're going to follow me on Twitter, and that is dbtips.com. 101. Find me there on Twitter. You're going to follow me there. Second, you're going to send me the key phrase in a subject line to cwilson at eyesdbcamp.com. And that key phrase in the subject line is speedy. S P E E D Y. Going to send that to me in an email. And finally, you're going to subscribe to me on this podcast. All right. Now I'm going to randomly pick. I'm going to randomly pick. Out of that group, one person that is going to receive a free copy of 101 DB Tips Soft Cover Edition, which again, has has one of the tips repeated, so you're actually getting 100 DB Tips, not 101, but great book either way. And If you are not one of those picked and you want to pick up a copy of 101 DB Tips, head over to... Um, 101dbtips.com 101dbtips.com and it's available as an ebook or as i said soft cover edition uh, take your pick there and you can have that sent out to you immediately all right so let's jump into things we're talking about covering a speedy wide receiver and that is well i'm going to give you some tips on that today just the mindset that you need to have more than anything else the mindset that you need to have because that's really the big thing here in terms of covering the wide receiver. If you've done all the other work in terms of your footwork, you've done all the other stuff in terms of training, um, then it, this really just boils down to a mental thing. And I know how it is. You, you know You've watched this guy on film. You've seen him breaking off defensive backs left and right each and every week. You're aware of him. People talk about him. Maybe you followed him this track season, and now you're at the game. The guy's jogging out of the huddle, and you see these big old calves coming out there Um, You know, maybe this has happened to you at a 707 event or it's happened to you in a game and that guy comes jogging out there and there's a lot going on in your head. The mental warfare that can take place when you're in this situation can be super intense. How do you defend this wide receiver? I mean, how do you defend yourself? Now, I'm going to share this. When I was uh, entering training camp with the Seattle Seahawks many years ago, they had a stable of wide receivers that, you know, you probably could have put in an Olympic 4x100 event. For you older guys out there, you'll understand the names and, that I'm going to put out here to you. For you younger guys, just have some patience with this, but I'm explaining to you the guys that they are. Uh, there was a rookie on the team guy by the name of Joey Galloway who had run a 4 one It was a reported 4 one And I can tell you in covering him and being around him in camp, he was all of that 4-1. Sounds crazy. Who runs a 4-1? You know who runs a 4-1? It was that guy. Extremely uh, explosive wide receiver. Hamstrings out of this world. And this guy can flat out fly. Now, I could run too, but I'm not 4-1 fast. Also, I had a guy on the team named Michael Bates. Now, Michael Bates was a silver medalist in the 200 meters in the Olympics. Was he an accomplished route runner? No, he wasn't. But he was a silver medalist in the 200 meters in the Olympics. So that means this guy can flat out run. And if you missed a jam or you turned and it wasn't efficient or you kind of messed up on anything getting vertical with him, he's leaving you. We also had another receiver that was a two-time 100 and 200-meter champion while he was at Hampton University. I mean, you ask me, he was as fast as the Olympic medalist. He could fly and he was fresh out of, you know, fresh out of college, fresh off the track seasons, and this dude could flat out fly. Another dude with huge calves. And we had another rookie by the name of James McKnight, who was a track star in high school, ended up playing um, a couple of years with the Seahawks and many years with the Miami Dolphins and um, was an accomplished route runner on top of being speedy. And again, I was no slouch in the speed uh, department, but just thinking about the sheer lineup of these guys That I had to face on a day-to-day basis was, you know, could drive you nuts. But when you find yourself in this situation, have no fear. You have a gun in this fight, and you know what that gun is? It's called technique. If playing football out on the edges was just all about speed, then every Olympic 100-meter champion would be making mega millions in the league. I mean, the reason Usain Bolt. Is not on the all time leading receiver list for the NFL. And, you know, Tyson Gay is not an all pro cornerback. It's because they didn't have technique for football. They knew track. That's what they do. What do you know? You know football. What do you really need to know? The technique for playing defensive back. That's what you need to know. And I'm pretty sure 4 or 5 Richard Sherman, when he was playing, and that's if he was a 4 or 5, he was probably a little bit more of a 4 or 6, would have had his way. Versus Usain Bolt, if Usain Bolt had decided to come play in the NFL. Usain Bolt was not going to get open on Richard Sherman. Think about the difference in those 240 yard dashes, though. I mean, I saw Usain Bolt go to an NFL event and casually just jump out there um, and run a 4 240. I mean, I think he was in long pants and definitely not, you know, sprinting shoes. Man just lined up, put his hand on the ground and ran a 4-2. I am pretty sure 4-5, four, 4-6 four, Richard Sherman would probably have not allowed a pass versus a Usain Bolt despite the big disparity in speed. The point being made is that technique wins. Technique neutralizes the effects of speed. So unlike a Usain Bolt, the receivers you're going up against They're much more educated on the game of football. I do understand that. They're not just going to come out there totally green like a guy fresh off the track who's never played football. So if you get a fast wide receiver, chances are he just won't be fast. He's likely going to have technique too. So this is why it would be important for you to be at the top of your game technique wise. Now society loves to hype the physical attributes of athletes. Some of that is certainly warranted. You know, there are guys out there that can do amazing things athletically. However, the game of football and the position of defensive back has been littered with guys that won on good sense and technique. Football is a game of angles. Beating a man to a spot, cutting off his path, changing his direction are things that make up victory in the individual battles. Especially out on the edges... Or when you are covering guys in the secondary. So if your plan up until now is to just win on your physical attributes. Now I'm here to tell you, you better start changing your plan. I don't care how fast you are, how athletic you are. I don't care about any of that. Well I do, it matters. But that's just not going to be enough as you continue to progress through the game. You cannot live on your physical, physical attributes alone. If that's what you're trying to do, that's what you're trying to build your house on. You're building a house of cards. It's going to collapse at some point. So maybe you're a track star too. Maybe you do have the big calves and the gold medals around your neck from track meets. That might help you lock down, you know, the Tyreek Hill of your league. And I probably am not right in using that name. However, that's all you've got to win those battles God help you when you face the route runner that comes out the huddle and jogs over to your side. You just ran out of bullets. The gun you need is technique. And if you can combine that technique with track star speed, then you might become one of the elites in this game. You might become a college football all-American, you might become a NFL all-pro, and God willing, A guy that wears a gold jacket playing defensive back one day. That would just be awesome. That would be lovely. But man cannot live on the physical attributes alone. God blessed you with that physical ability. You have to combine it with technique and IQ. You're going to get the IQ from watching a tremendous amount of film and learning things about offensive football. And you're going to get the technique from hours and hours and hours of doing your drill work, And not just doing the drill work and going through the motions, but paying attention to the important details of every drill. Where are your eyes supposed to be? What are you supposed to be doing with your feet? And how do you use your hands? What are your reads? And when I say, what are your eyes doing? Yeah, I say, what are your eyes doing? Guys tend to think I'm just talking strictly about man-to-man coverage. No, I'm not. I'm actually even talking more about zone. Because your eyes are super important in zone. Where are they supposed to be? Are they on their reads? And nowadays in zone coverages, the reads go from one thing to another. So it's not the same read throughout the entire play. Coaches will tell you now, read two to three, read one to two, read two to one. And that involves a whole lot of action with your eyes. So it's your reads and, and it's your technique. Do you have a good pedal how good is your pedal can you stay square do you know how to weave if you're pressing do you know how to keep your eyes in the right spot do you know how to shoot your hands do you know how to use your feet to cut off routes um, and get the receiver to do what you want him to do you got to practice many many hours to get that down right first is knowing how to do it and then there's actually executing it and uh, one is acquiring the knowledge and second is developing the execution to do it over and over and over, do it when the pressure is high, do it when you're not even thinking about doing it. You've done it so much that you don't even have to think about it. I'll say this again, your off-season is really about being able to automate your physical processes out on the field. You do things so much that it's automated all right, we're in this AI generation now where things get done for you. Well, you got to be your own AI guy. And how do you develop your AI technology as a DB? You drill the drill work that you do in the off season. So now when you get to the season, you don't have to think about your footwork. You don't have to think about how you come out of your break. You don't have to overthink what you're doing in press. You don't have to overthink your crossover run. You don't have to overthink those things. You've done them a thousand times in the offseason. So now, instead of having to think about those little small and minor details, you can now focus your thoughts on other things. What's the down and distance? What's the formation that I'm getting? What are the splits uh, by the wide receivers? What are the keys that I'm getting from that quarterback and my reads? Where are we located on the field? There's so many things that require your attention when you're playing defensive back out on the field in an actual game. Wouldn't it be nice to automate some of those things and kind of take them off your plate and just have them working in the background, so to speak? You know how some software and some of the apps on your phone are working in the background while you're using the phone? So this is the same thing that you need to have happen for you while you are playing the game. You don't want to have to think about your footwork. And a lot of the technique that you do there it should take over automatically. And then there will be points and times in the game where you need to actually focus on the technique. You know, you're down in the red zone or you're near the goal line um, and it's a crucial time in the game. Yeah, you're going to hone in and focus on your technique. Now that you've gotten all of the pre-snap reads and you have a decent idea of what the situation is and what might be coming your way, you can hone in and focus on your technique. But for most of the snaps in the game, you don't want to be thinking about those things. You should have automated all of that stuff in the offseason. So the moral of the story here on covering fast wide receivers and just covering in general, but especially with fast wide receivers, is your technique. That guy has got speed over you. How are you going to win? You can't just pack up and go home. You can't mail it in. You can't just let the guy have his way with you and go for 100 and 200 yards and three and four touchdowns. You'll probably never play again. You'll never be able to live it down. You've got to come out there and you've got to survive, not only survive, and th- but thrive. And you're going to do that with your technique. So you should have done that in the offseason, even if you didn't or you didn't do it enough or to your liking, you have time before and after practice, as well as the time you spend during practice, be diligent during practice, pay attention to what you're doing, take your indie period very seriously, but then you come out early, you stay late, and you get things honed down, battened down in terms of your technique because that's what you're going to use to neutralize Mr. Trackstar when you face him this week, next week, or whenever that is going to happen. All right, hope you guys got a ton of good out of that. And again, before you check up out of here, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Once again, I am giving away a free copy of 101 DB Tips Soft Cover Edition. Again, it has that little bit of a publishing glitch where one of the tips were repeated. So you're going to actually get 100 tips, 100 DB tips. Still the greatest book out there on defensive back play, greatest um, reference guide out there for defensive back play. So if you're interested in that, again, I'm going to just give you the steps one more time. First of all, you follow me on Twitter, DB Tips 101 You send me an email with the word speedy in the subject line, and then you subscribe to this podcast on whatever uh, streaming service you're using to do this. Otherwise, you uh, can pick up a copy of 101 DB Tips, whether soft cover version or ebook, by going to 101dbtips.com. That's 101dbtips.com. Check that out. <coughs> Excuse me there. Um, you can get your copy there. Also, uh, I did speak about the All Eyes DB Camp members area. Over 200 videos in there talking about drills, technique, um, and, uh, I go inside my sessions, some films from my sessions. I go over coverages in there, a bunch of great stuff in there. So, um, excellent for, for players, excellent for coaches. If you're trying to take your game to the next level, whether that is a player or as a coach, you can do no wrong by signing up for the All Eyes DB Camp members area. Head over to alleyesdbcamp.com forward slash sign dash up, or just go to alleyesdbcamp.com and hit the link for the members area and you'll get all the information you need and you can sign up there. So you've got a couple of things that you can use here to really raise your game to the top level. If you're trying to be a elite, elite, you get a copy of the book and you join the members area. I had a bunch of guys do that and they're reaping the benefits um, hand over fist. So just throwing that out to you. Um, it's an investment that is a worthy one. So you can head on over to all and do that right now. Outside of that, man, I really appreciate you guys checking into the DB podcast, Indie Drills, the Indie Drills Podcast. Make it your home each and every week. All right, I'm out, and as always, guys, all eyes DB Camp consistency breeds results.